Welcome back, folks. It is Locked On NFL Draft, part of the Locked On Network. We're brought to you today by all of our sponsors, but most importantly, Rock Auto. Check them out if you would. And thanks for making us your first listen. We're going to get deep into what's going on. We're going to shift a little bit. There's a lot of talk about what's going on in Jacksonville. There's a bunch of rookie quarterbacks there. We're going to do fire and forget with them. Are they on fire or are they forgettable? And then we have to talk about the college football playoff and what it's going to mean for helping us make evaluations and for you to get some enjoyment out of it. Welcome to Locked On NFL Draft. You are Locked On NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome back to another episode of Locked On NFL Draft. I am your host, former NFL and NFL defensive back, Eric Crocker. And as always, got my co-host with me, Ryan Tracy. How you doing, man? I'm hanging in, dude. It's uh, another day, another dollar, right? Here we go. Yes, sir. Got some good stuff to talk about today. We're starting it off with Urban Meyer. And now, rookie head coach coming to the NFL, and he's had some questionable decisions. <laughs> I mean, from the jump, right? Uh, so he comes in and, you know, obviously drafting Trevor Lawrence. That was automatic. But he drafts a running back in the first round. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why are they drafting a the running back? They have James Robinson. We're talking about a guy who undrafted rookie free agent, ran for over 1,000 yards. You're like, dude, like, why would you draft a running back that least value position in the NFL? And he's like, well, we're actually going to give him all these reps at receiver. I'm like, wait, what? You drafted a running back in the in the first round to play receiver. That was questionable. You hired a strength and conditioning coach and had to fire him the very next day because of the backlash you got for hiring him. I'm like, man, this dude is, there's some questionable decisions going on here. And then you're out clubbing or partying or at the bar or whatever. And you got the girl giving you the little lap dance. And listen, I'm I'm all for you know people going out having fun. But when you are the head coach of a football team, you're a rookie head coach, your team is on for you have a family at home. And now you got little girls over here rubbing their booty on you. I mean, I would I'm like, what is going on with Urban Meyer and his transition to the NFL? There is no transition. That's the problem, right? He thinks he's back in Columbus or or you know, wherever your your kingdom was right because that's the attitude that i get is that i'm untouchable i've done all this outside of the nfl i can just do whatever i want and i thought it was going to be you know a problem i thought it was going to be you know something that doesn't allow the the team to progress right now it's a problem problem because it's not just bad decisions in the 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 room where you're trying to make roster decisions etc but now it's affecting you in the public eye as well and that's one thing that the jaguars cannot handle right now Right. I mean, we're talking about a team right now that's firing their own four. And looking at this team, I thought they had enough young pieces to have some level of success. And I, I remember looking at it in the offseason. I'm like, man, I know everybody says that this Jaguars team, they're going to suck. But I'm looking at the roster and you, you got you're, you're good at the running back position with Robinson. You have a guy you can lean on. And then even with ETN, I'm like, OK, maybe you have two headed monsters or you have a guy that He's more of your utility guy. You're going to use him in that way. I like some of the young players with Chenault. I thought Marvin Jones, that's a good receiver that you have on the outside. DJ Shark, he's a guy who can stretch the field. He's a big play guy. I'm like, man, they have weapons and guys that they can utilize and make this transition easier for Trevor Lawrence. Now, the defense, there might have been, you know, some questions or whatever, but, you know, they, they have some young pieces. CJ Henderson, they ended up trading him away. They tried to do whatever they could. It didn't work. Uh, you got Miles Jack in there at the middle linebacker position. 
uh, who's it? Trey Herndon at the other cornerback spot. You drafted another corner. Josh Allen. Uh, Ty- Tyson Campbell. Yeah, Josh Allen off the edge. How could I forget? Um, terrific pass rusher. So I didn't think that this team was terrible the way that people were making the scene, but they have still turned out to be, what, 0-4 to start yeah. the season? Uh, th- th- that has to be a direct reflection of their head coach, Urban Martin. Now, again, I know it's tough to win games in the NFL. It is. But I was not expecting 0-4 to start the season. I can't say that I wasn't because it's kind of the way that I felt that it might go. But I'll tell you this. it's You can't do that in spite of all this other stuff that you're doing that doesn't work. You know, it's one thing if if you're 100%, everybody's rowing in the same direction, everybody's on the same page, and you're having four losses. But doing this on top of all these other things that don't make sense, signing Tim Tebow for no reason. Tim Tebow. Yeah, you know, like there's all this this drama outside of what I just feel is – Honestly, at this point, it just feels like one big flex from a guy who's used to being the only one who gets to make decisions, and it doesn't work that way in the NFL. And the more that I watch, the more that I'm concerned about the development of the quarterback, which has to be the cornerstone of your franchise and when you spend that draft pick on him. Yeah, that's tough. And you would think that he would try to make things easier for him, especially him being the guy that is supposed to turn this thing around and, you know, you are in a situation where you have got this and you drafted this uh, quote-unquote generational talent at the quarterback position, 6'6", good arm, terrific athleticism, can make all the throws, and we're seeing that. And maybe some people might point to the offensive line why they aren't having as much success as they probably should. But whatever this the case is, nothing looks right right now in, Jack- in Jacksonville. And I think even the eye test tells you I don't think this is going to work because you can lose games. I remember with Kyle Shanahan, his rookie year as a head coach with the 49ers and what the games looked like. The 49ers started off 0-9. You know, people forget that. Like, they started off 0-9. But within the process of starting off 0-9, you know, you had five games that you lost by three or less points in a row. Um, You you went toe-to-toe with Sean McVay and the L.A. Rams – on Monday night football or Sunday night football, whatever it was, it was like the finals was like 42 to 41, whatever it was. You just saw all these uh, scenarios to where, you know what? I think this coach eventually is going to get it together, right? I think this coach has this team heading in the right direction, you know, uh, and obviously a couple years later, 49ers were in the Super Bowl. With Urban Meyer, it just seems like it, this – it's like a nightmare that's never going to end. And this just added to it. Like you're already on four. And then this comes out of this grill grinding on you. Yeah. I mean, and you lost chart too, right? So now, now you're a yeah. weapon down too. So now that this is going to be, I think the determining stretch here in the next few weeks, I don't know when their bye week is, but between now and the bye, they got to get something figured out because if you don't make any headway, it might be a one and done year for this particular head coach. And unfortunately, that hurts the quarterback. And I'm not going to bet against him, but if I was going to, I would go to betonline.ag and that's where I would do it. You can find all the props, all the apps, every contest that you want to get into is on Bet Online, the number one spot for your pro and football act, pro and college football action. Uh, if you want to get in on it, we have something for you as well. Head over to their website, get signed up. And when you do the code locked on, all one word, you get 50% welcome bonus. Now, previous uh, offer has expired, but we can still get you 
half of that on top of what you put down. Just use that code locked on to receive your bonus when you sign up. And you can use it to bet on football or basketball or whatever you want. Um, I only care about football, so that's all that there's going to be for me, but that's okay. Make sure you check it out at betonline.ag. The game starts there. All right, I'm excited about this. This is my favorite segment. I do this on every show that I'm on, as long as my co-host is okay with it. Um, yeah. Fire or forget, because those are the two reactions that I have when I watch games. Is this guy on fire? Is he the real thing? Can he change a franchise, or do I need to just forget about him? So, I don't know. You, you want to start, or you want me to start? Uh, you go ahead and start. All right. I'll, I'm going to th- have, have a tough time with this, but go ahead. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to make it easy for you on the first one. Okay. Trey Lance should be the starter after what you've seen from him in San Francisco. Fire or forget? Oh man, uh, I I have to say he, he needs to be the starter, and I know it's tough, but and we've seen it with all these rookies. They have to go through these ups and downs, and we, we've seen it with. I just watched Justin Fields mm-hmm. get sacked nine times and have a net passing yard of one. Right. Ouch. I mean, after after in the preseason saying, oh, man, I thought the NFL would be faster. I thought the game speed would be faster. Man, this is this is slow. I got this. Like, <laughs> oh, you go out there in your first start, you pass for one yard net, one net passing yard. Uh, but then you watch him against Detroit. Obviously, not as good a defense as what Cleveland has. And they have a Miles Garrett on, on Detroit. But you start to see the, the reasons why he was drafted. And I know we're talking about Trey Lance, but Trey Lance went out there and had an ugly game. It was up and down, had some high moments, but a lot of ugly moments as well. And I feel like if you want this guy to be the guy that you eventually think he can be, think he needs to play. He needs to start and he needs to go through those ugly moments. So that's kind of my opinion on, on Trey Lance. What do you think? What what do you think? I'm totally with you. He's on fire. He was, he he almost became my QB two in this last class. I, I went back and forth with him and Wilson forever. He's, he's certainly my favorite, though. So, all right, what do you got? What do you? Who's who should we talk about next? Zach Wilson. Oh, he found the key, right? He's got the car running, at least, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I was not sold that he was going to make the transition. And then, with the unfortunate death of his um, coach, Greg Knapp, I thought that was going to put him even farther behind. He certainly has reflected that, right? But he's starting to figure it out. And so I'm going to say that he might not be on fire, but he's catching fire right now. Yeah. Now, you know, it started off ugly. I remember uh, being – I went to the 49ers and Philadelphia game uh, week two. And I look at my phone, and it's the third quarter in the New York Jets game. And Zach Wilson had four completions and four interceptions. And I just said, this has to be some type of typo. Right. You see something like that, and that's that. That's a guy who his head is spinning. Right. He doesn't know <laughs> what's going on. I mean, I don't know if he's out there trying to play hero ball or whatever, but it, it was ugly at that moment. But I do think that, you know, to see him finally get this win and and start to make some throws that you would like to see him make some of the throws that he made at BYU. And I thought this transition would be tougher than a lot of people thought. But and he actually ended up being my QB four in this class. But. Yeah, I, I'm with you. And I'm probably going to say this for all the guys, just because I think they they all, they all need this. And Zach Wilson, he has shown the ability. I don't think they even have an opportunity to sit him. It's like, who else? I, can you even name another quarterback on the, the, the New York Jets? Yeah. They, not if, even, even if I told you the guys who they were, you wouldn't know who you wouldn't. You, they, they're, <laughs> 
I was so shocked by like the position that they put him in, not even having someone back there that can truly help him. I mean, they are, they are guys and I would have to find their names, but I had never heard of those quarterbacks before. That was interesting, especially with the coaches that they had, Robert Sala, his offensive mm-hmm. coordinator, McDaniels. Um, I mean, you know, uh, excuse me, LaFleur. I thought they would do a little bit more to help him from that perspective and put somebody in his ear that can truly help him more of a veteran, but they didn't, they went with guys. Again, I, I have no idea who they are. Yeah. That's, uh, that's crazy. Okay. Um, you got one. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Trevor Lawrence. Oh man. It's, it's, it's tough to see right now. I still believe in the talent. I still believe he will get there. I don't think it's going to be with this coach. So I'm going to say he is he's not on fire. But he's definitely not forgettable either. I think he'll turn around, but it might be year two or three by now. Nah. You know, there was one thing in the evaluation process of Trevor Lawrence. I don't want to say one thing. There were a few things. But I remember watching him. I was watching and doing a whole lot of film study on T. Higgins and Justin Ross. And I remember saying to myself, now this was Trevor Lawrence's true sophomore year. I remember saying to myself, I think Trevor Lawrence is actually – more impressive as a runner than he was as a pure passer at that time. Hmm. And I I thought that his athleticism was something that was really glossed over. He was a big, fluid runner, could outrun defenses. I I thought it was really tremendous how they used him in the goal line. They used him like you would use Cam Newton. But as a passer, a lot of it was, I'm going to throw this ball in the area of T. Higgins or Justin Ross, and I'm just going to bank on them coming down with the ball. Uh, There weren't a lot of these just big-time throws, and a lot of people put it on the offense, right? They would say, well, this is the offensive coordinator. You know, there's not um, much with this offense or whatever. Um, I thought with some of the guys over the middle, I mean, I saw him a couple times throw passes right to linebackers, wasn't really seeing the field extremely well. But he was pegged as this generational talent, and I I think he had a lot of ability. But I thought some of it was, one – Coming out of high school, number one quarterback was always the number one quarterback. Two, he had so much success as a true freshman going up there, beating Alabama in the national title game. And I think people thought, you know, it can only get better from here. Like he he started off way up here and it can only get better. But I think it actually was pretty even the whole way. And he got the drafted number one overall and I get it and the ability is there, but the fact that he's struggling, I, I understand it because they they never – nobody ever talked about any weaknesses that he might have with mm-hmm. some of his things with passing. With They talked about uh, Justin Fields throwing motion. Nobody brought up Trevor Lawrence's loopy over overhead uh, throwing motion that he had in kind of his elongated delivery. So um, I think he's a big-time talent, but I'm not surprised at all that there are some struggles going on. People are kind of – putting on the talent around him, I don't think the talent around him is all that bad. I think he's just going through some things that most rookies go through, but he's not, you know, immune to it. Okay. All right, my last one. We saw a lot, a lot, I think, of discussion about the offensive tackle class in this last draft. Arm length in particular, right? Everyone wanted to discount that. There was a whole lot of hype about it we haven't seen good play out of nearly any of these tackles in particular. So do you think they can turn around? Do you think they'll grow into their draft status or is this offensive tackle class fire or forget? Oh man. Okay. 
so we're, we have to go fire with Rashawn Slater. Okay. Right? I I'm mean, down. this is a guy who has been, you know, he's graded out extremely well. You talked about just some of the things, you know, arm length, all these different things. I heard a lot of people talking about, oh, man, he, he should be a guard, you know, when he gets, you know, mm-hmm. throughout this process and everything like that. He's more profiled to be a guard. Maybe he doesn't have the feet quickness or whatnot. But everybody went to that film against uh, Chase Young and was like, well, he did do this against Chase Young at tackle. And people were like, oh, no, he's still a guard. He has been terrific. As a as an NFL player, he's actually playing right now against the Oakland, Ra- uh, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, but Rashawn Slater, I'm definitely going to say he's on fire. Now, forget, you know, I'm gonna be a little controversial here, and I'm gonna say Sewell, and then, not that he's been bad, but again, another guy who is pegged to be a generational talent. He's a very young, came to the league at 20 years old. I think he still might be 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Missed all the last year, so maybe it might be you know take a little bit of time to really get himself his feet underneath him and get back in the swing of things, back in the groove. Was a guy that they were trying to put at right tackle, had an injury to left tackle, they moved him over there. He has had some success, but I do think there have been a few too many downs for me. I'm curious to see how it is moving forward, but I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go fire for Slater, forget for Sewell. Okay. I'm with you for the most part. I'm going to say forget for most of the rest of the class through through four weeks. You're absolutely on it. Uh, Slater has allowed the fewest total pressures of anyone in the class. The guy right behind him is Sam Cosby, who I thought darn length was going to be an issue and they were going to end up putting him at guard. They haven't yet. And he's, he's using his athleticism to keep that up. So maybe that'll work out. The rest of the class is in question for me. I mean, it's four games in, so we can't really go over We'll right. do the three-year thing here in a couple of seasons. But, you know, they're all parts to the whole. And when you need parts, you need to go to rockauto.com because that's the easiest place to get everything you need for your vehicle, no matter what it is. I drive a truck, and they got what I need. And my it's getting older there as I go along here, so that it's getting harder to find parts. But they'll save you money and time up to 100%, and they are easy to get along with. You don't have to wait on a warehouse or hope that they have it in stock. You jump on their website, fill up your cart, and they will have it out to you. They're a family business, and they've been doing it for 20 years. The prices are always reliably low for anybody, whether you're a professional or a do-it-yourselfer like me. And it will help us, and it will help you if you put locked in, locked on in the box that is on their website that says, how did you hear about us? Because their deals can't be matched. We are very happy to have them on board. They have amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car or truck are ever going to need. Check out rockauto.com. Now, moving from the NFL rookies on to the college playoff, it's going to get hairy here. And I always, I'm interested to see how you approach the playoff. Do you put more stock in postseason games in college than you do when you're evaluating film from, say, earlier in the year? I think it's good to really see how someone starts and you want to, you know, use that context, right? Whether maybe they're going through some injuries or whatever. But Obviously, seeing how they're playing later in the year, how have they progressed throughout the season? Not just this season, but throughout their entire you know time in college mm-hmm. football. But that that last year, I put the most stock into that, and I do think that the college football playoffs is a big part of my evaluation because you're seeing them against the best competition. Now it's different for some of these SEC teams because they battle it out regardless. Yeah. But some of these other teams, whether it's college football playoffs or just bigger bowl games, where you finally get a chance to see a guy up against competition that is a little bit more even and playing against guys that can really challenge them. So, yeah, I, I guess I do put a little bit more stock into the college football playoffs, and I know that's going to take us to this expansion. What, do, do, do you think it's going to happen? I, I 
I hear more and more that it's leaning that way. The question is the format, right? Like, I don't know that eight teams is enough. If you're going to make this a truly competitive thing, I think you need to open it up a little bit more. It's got to be at least 12, in my opinion. I don't know if you can go more than that. I mean, because then you're talking about weeks on weeks, right? And then it elongates the season to the point where you're talking about cutting out maybe some small school, like, you know, the, the early season games that actually help some of the smaller programs by playing the big boys. You know, I don't know that you want to penalize the smaller programs like that, but it, it's a time factor for me is going to be the limitation. How do you think about it? Well, I mean, I see the F- FCS, they, they've done a terrific job with the college football playoffs, you know, mm-hmm. in, their, in their division. And there haven't been any issues or any clashes with, uh, you know, um, scheduling games, how long the season is. So it's not like there's no format in place right now for the FBS uh, to look at and say, you know what, we might need to do it how they're doing it. Now, I get it in the sense of got the, you know, the the prestigious games, the the Rose Bowl and all these, you know, these New Year's Eve games or New Year's Day games. And those probably generate a ton of money, a ton of income. And that's probably what a lot of this is about in the first place. Money, it usually is. Mm-hmm. But the, FC, the FCS, they're doing something right. And I would just kind of copy what they're doing. I did see that some people think that they they might have an issue with potentially, you know, teams potentially playing 17 games. Mm-hmm. And I, I get it. That is a lot of games if you end up going all the way, especially for guys who are trying to get ready for the draft process. You know, I, I don't want to – if I'm – if I'm, we talked about Kevon uh, Thibodeau, and I, I didn't know if he was going to come back. Obviously, he has came back um, and played for Oregon. But if I'm Kevon Thibodeau, do I want to play an extra four games when right. I'm going to already be the number one overall pick or a top five pick? Like, I, I don't need that. So I think that's the thing that they might run into, if anything. Well, and my big concern is, is along those lines, too. You're talking at least, like, what, 200 extra snaps if you play those games. And my question becomes, is it really worth it? We talked about it, I think, on our first show we ever did to get more guys. If it's looking like that's the length, they're going to opt out of those games. And then you're hurting the team. You're not seeing the best product on the field because they're not a whole team. And you have a possibility for injury or just a guy sitting out that may not even be there. And that doesn't help your evaluation. That's tough for me because I want to see guys play against the best. Uh, You know, some of these guys will get to see them at senior bowls and things like that where they get to still compete against guys. But the opting out thing, that's going to be a real thing, especially for these bowl games. That's going to continue. If they do go to a longer college football format definitely can still kind of see that playing out to where guys are like man i ain't playing all those games i'm gonna opt out and you're gonna be shorthanded going into the playoffs again and i talked about it before i watched the florida game the florida bowl game last year and their quarterback i don't know why i keep blanking on his name he was out there alone you know he was out there by himself didn't have any help his receivers all opted out kyle pitts opted out uh tony opted out uh, Grimes, number eight, like like he didn't have anybody out there. And, you know, in turn, he when he's throwing pick sixes and interceptions all over the place. And I think those are the things that are going to start happening, especially if you, you know, increase them. Now, as a consumer college football, I would love to see these guys play more games and things be meaningful and other guys getting the opportunity to potentially, you know, make it to the championship. Because right now it seems like it's always the same three or four teams. Right. Every single year, there is no change up, but I do think you have 12 teams in there or even eight. Somebody's going to sneak in there that we weren't expecting 
I mean, at the end of the day, Alabama's probably going to win it all anyways. But just to see some different teams and different schools get opportunities, I would love to see it. I don't know I think why those I fans keep, down in Georgia are going to argue keep with you. getting that Florida quarterback. <laughs> what do you – at the end of the day, what do you think does happen? Like, we could see it go either way, but what do you think they're going to do? It's always about money, so they will expand it. It's just a yeah. matter of getting it worked out. I know some of the holdup was uh, Texas and Oklahoma – Going, you know, committing to going to the SEC. Pac-12 was like, wait a minute, that threw things off with them. They're trying to hold things up now and trying to figure it out. And eventually, they will work it out because it's going to be more money for all the programs. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, we'll see what happens, folks. We'll have our reaction for it when we do know what this format's going to be. I'm going to take a couple of days here uh, and do some family things. So you're going to hear Eric, and uh, I'll be back with you next week. And I'm. Going to look forward to listening to you. Thank you all. And thanks for locking it down, man. No problem, man. I'm excited. I'm excited for it. You guys are going to hear a lot more from me. And I'm pretty sure I have a couple of guests on as well. So, yeah, I, I think I will be very happy to listen, folks. You enjoy your week. Make sure you check out all those shows. If you didn't know it, whether you're on YouTube, like, sub, and hit the bell, or you're leaving the iTunes reviews, we're here five days a week. Every season is draft season. I hope you guys are ready for it. Thanks for listening today, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.